Hey everyone, welcome to 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. It's episode 43, and welcome back church retreaters. If you are like me, you're suffering from major withdrawals, the relaxation, the community, the fellowship, and if you didn't attend, you have to know what you missed. And if you didn't and you haven't, you really have no idea what you missed. (laughs) So glad you tuned in here because we'll let you know. But first off, uh, last week our conversation was entitled Narrow Doors the second installment of our Passages Rarely Preached series from Andy McDonald, we decided that the saddest part of that message and of this life is when the Lord replies at the end, I don't know you. Our work is to know Jesus, and we do this by fixing and keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. Excellent message, and you can catch that in our mobile app or at the website hospitalchurch.org. But seriously, do the app. It's a lot quicker and easier. Now, Onto this past week's message, which was delivered at Camp Kalakwa at the 2017 Florida Hospital Church Retreat by our guest speaker for the weekend, Dr. Alex Bryan. He is the senior pastor of the Walla Walla University Church, and the message was entitled Redemptive Flexibility. But please, please, please don't miss the message if you did not attend retreat. You know, the banners were up around church here before uh, obviously, this past weekend, uh, for a while now, announcing the you know church retreat, Alex as a speaker, topic of redemptive flexibility. And last time I checked my crystal ball, there was like this huge crack in it that makes it really difficult to see even the table that it sits on, let alone the future. <laughs> but anytime you're set to take in the thoughts and words of a guest speaker and the word flexibility is in the subject line, you know you're probably in for a tour of the unexpected and well, quite likely the uncomfortable or at least the unknown. So there's always things that get presented in different or maybe even unlikely ways in these types of talks, which is good, makes us see an issue from maybe a different angle. But I was not prepared for the journey we took with Alex. Did you guys know where he was going, either of you? It was a great, mind-stretching, wonderful, (laughs) wonderful, wonderful talk. It was. Did you guys know what he was planning? I just knew knew it was redemptive flexibility. I (laughs) didn't know where he was going to go. It was just title? Yeah, I think think he had talked with my wife briefly, uh, actually a little bit more extensively. So I did get a little bit of a preview before that. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting. I mean, he basically spent the t- entire talk biblically in first Samuel and through a couple different chapters, eight, nine, 10, and I think 12 mm-hmm. to close everything out. But essentially you hear the story. Israel wants to be like everyone else. They reject God for, they want a King. They can see, touch and feel, uh, which, you know, is idolatry to God. It's a sin. And then God lays out the consequences of this choice. Like, man, why would you do this? Not a good plan. I'm already here. Not a good plan. The the results are not good. They're listed off there. But he doesn't prevent the choice. And then he participates in choosing the king. And then he blesses this relationship that is completely outside his intentions for Israel. And I guess I've never heard that participatory relationship that God goes into. I mean, because even as parents, we don't usually do that, right? I told you no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. What? You're not doing that. I said no. And so, well, I and think everybody, like, everybody likes rules and everybody likes the boundaries and everybody likes all these stable fences until all of a sudden we want to break them. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> we, we love rules until all of a sudden we're the ones that have to follow them. You know, I think that's sort of how you know the Israelites went over. God went over and over with that, and you know, you know, I was thinking about that as Alex was talking. The reason I believe God did not want them to have a king and a judge was a much better fit for that group 
because a king now had to had to exact laws and had exact taxes. Uh, yeah, and whereas God said, "No, we're we're going to be flowing through this, you know, this uh, <laughs> this experience on a much better, you know, we're gonna we're gonna roll with some of the punch because I'm your God and and you know, and I can I can I love you." Much like a parent who says to a child, you know, you're going to have ice cream once in a while, you know, yeah. because I want you to be happy. Other other than that, you know, you could just make this law that, you know, no sweets. Oh, man, that just doesn't seem fun. That totally well, stinks. Also, the <laughs> fact that he's, he tells him this is not a good plan and then, and then, then seems to participate per- in it yeah. is, is hard for our heads to manage. And, and part of that is because we're, we're, yeah, we have non-Hebraic minds uh, in a lot of ways. The, the West, the Eastern mind, is much better holding things in paradox. Mm-hmm. They, can, they can say, you know, it's this way, and it's also this way, and those two ways can be very much in antithesis of each other, and that's okay for their their minds do that better. We're we're much more linear, and we have to take a, <laughs> we got to take a side, and there's well, a middle of the road which you don't, don't want to be on. You got to be on the right, or you got to be on the left, and that's it, you know, kind of thing. Well, it's the same way here when you know. I'm driving in the United States, and we have cameras now. And now the cameras tell you whether or not you did the wrong. And <laughs> right. when you're in over in southern Italy, like well, say now for- let's go with that camera thing. For that. I really think that human beings should be smarter than cameras, and we should be able to override those. Well, things. you would think. Eventually, yes. I'll go to court about this. I imagine. Well, they have no they have no cameras in Italy. <laughs> no doubt. When when I was driving down a one way road the wrong way, oh, and I thought I am. I've gonna- ridden with Jeff in Italy. <laughs> And uh, it was the middle of the night. I didn't see the sign. And I and here comes down the street the opposite direction. The right direction was a police officer. And I'm going, <laughs> okay, I got a ticket coming my way. Yeah. And um, and he passed me and just turned it like he was saying, turn around. And then he passed me and, and went and on. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. You Redemptive flexibility. flexibility. You must Actually, have. in Italy, the, the, any of the traffic rules are just recommendations. The recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, the one question I had about this that I have no idea, and maybe you do, you probably do, is this the first time that we get a glimpse in the Bible of God choosing this type of... No, I don't think it is the first time. I think the first time we see it is in Genesis. When all of a sudden, here goes Adam and Eve, and instead of killing, he redeems them. You know, he's flexible enough to have a plan for that type of thing. Yeah, well, because the punishment was you should surely die. You should and, die. and you would eventually, yeah. but they, I think they thought of it as more immediate or eternal. Right. And neither were true. Right. Uh, they, right. they lived who knows how long, and then they have eternity ahead of them. So, But but that piece, it's interesting because I've heard that sermon preached many, many times, and we like to exact it. We like to put our firm line on it. Oh, they did die. They just didn't know it. You know, it's this, mm, yeah. it's this um, okay. God was true. He was exact, and he is non-changing. And I love this, how Alex put this now into the context Ooh. of God – is above the laws, yeah. even. Well, it's, it's interesting as he talked about the other cases in Scripture that God's original plan was certainly not polygamy. Yeah, right. But then he goes down through all the major players, and, and, right? You know, hey, Abraham, Isaac, <laughs> we just, just keep on going. God has to work with what He's got as well, and our more behavioristic um, mm-hmm. tendency, and of course, our American heritage—if you get what you pay for, kind of thing. Yeah, it's hard for us to recognize that. The big questions are God's questions he's already got answered. And so now we're playing extra quarters in this game just 
you know, because it's, it's a game we're playing. It's not because we're gonna the outcome is gonna change. We're not we're not gonna affect the outcome. The outcome has already been declared by God to have been completed and finished and done in Christ. Yeah. And we say, okay, we 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 want to we want the gift of that score too on our card. You know? Exactly. <laughs> I think a good illustration is American football versus European football. Because when the you, game is done in America, it's done. You cannot get another second. Yeah, right. Whereas you watch, you know, soccer, and it's like I still don't you think it's that done, part. and all of a sudden they attack another four minutes. On yeah, it. we'll put a little more game time on the game. Yeah, because <laughs> that team won last time. Yes. We want this team to have a chance this time. I don't know. know if it's exactly that way, but yeah, <laughs> I think it's done with dice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, that's the only thing I can think of. Different pieces of in verses and stories that he listed in these flexible items, you know, the meat eating, the animal killing, the human killing, the slavery, the divorce. And I mean, all these different pieces mm-hmm. and a lot of them. And okay, I guess divorce seemed, you know, fairly obvious, but some of the others, I never thought about them or probably would have never thought about them in that exact way that he presented this saying, Hey, here's other instances where really God is saying, listen, I get it, but here we go. You know, not my plan. We're just going to take on, we're going to go on plan B and I'm still with you. And we're still going to go through this together. That's a hard one to, like you said, in our behavioral kind of set in our ways, that's hard to kind of internalize sometimes that I can still do this. And even though I'm getting, and probably because of that behavior kind of expectations, people around us are looking in on us and we can feel those eyes going, Oh boy, that's, that probably doesn't look good. Does it? No, no, they're probably some, someone's probably judging me on this one. He listed first Corinthians nine and he listed uh, verses 19 through 23, kind of pulling it all together. And in the words of Paul and really verse 19 was what stuck with me though. I am free and belong to no one. Mm -hmm. I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Right. And then he goes through all these things. To the conservative, I became a conservative. To the liberal, I became liberal. I mean, it's just, it's really, it's a little bit like cross-cultural evangelism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you have to identify with the people you're going to talk with. If you don't, yeah. I mean, if you went to a new people group in Borneo somewhere, the first thing you got to do is you got to learn their language. You got to be able to speak what they speak because uh, right. you can't communicate anything until you, you do that. And so the, the whole idea, how do we learn that language? How do we get where we can have a conversation even? Uh, it's, it's really part of that, the cross, cross-cultural contextualization of, of truth. It's, um, you you got to identify with the people you're going you're gonna to meet with. Right. Well, and that it seems to work really well probably for everyone but politicians, and they get yeah. – then, then, it's, then it's known as pandering. Yeah, well, lying won't count. <laughs> yeah, no, right. not lying, just trying to make you seem like we're one of you, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I really appreciated the part where through those verses you get an idea of – that, hey, we're going to throw everything we can at the Walt and see what sticks for anyone that might just, that might be how they identify with us. And I loved it because it kind of brought me back to last week's or the previous week's narrow doors, where again, it's all about grace. And even though that that's hard to grasp a hold of sometimes, how do we balance convictions and fundamental beliefs without letting go, like he said, of the ones we love, but maybe more importantly and even more difficult, not letting go of potential heaven dwellers who hold, you know, few, if any, of the same convictions and fundamentals. Well, it, se- it seems the model, the model of being able to believe something is truth and hold it firmly and being able to say, I think this is wrong, or I think this is right, and I'm going to stand behind that, and at the same time, have total open arms to those who see it 
absolutely the opposite of you. Right. I think that's what I think that's what Alex was calling us to in the sermon is to be able to be uh, have convictions. He's, right. They'll believe what you believe and study scriptures and b- develop those as biblical convictions, even. Right. But don't let those separate you from people. Because we can't be right. the Twizzler. No, and yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? The Twizzler falls apart. Uh-huh. The pencil breaks for being too rigid. Yeah. And what was it exactly that it he was a bicycle to... chain? It was a bicycle, bicycle lock, uh, lock cable. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was hard it was to terribly tell. strong and yet very flexible. <laughs> I do think that there is also a an, an analogy of a, a compass. As I was thinking about this, when when we know what true north is, when we know where where we're heading, and we know that. It gives us a lot of latitude to move one way or the other to. Ooh, that's good. You know what I'm saying? Your Pathfinder orienteering days are coming in handy here. But when I know, like, say, for instance, I've got my bearing and I know, and if somebody calls me to the side here, hey, I need help or I, you know, I, I, you know, I need to veer off here for this person, I still know where to come back to. And I think that's, that's and that's the place where we can be flexible. If I, you know, people are, me- you know, everybody's church is messy. Yeah, this is really good. This illustration is really good because in orienteering, right? You, you know, you set your coordinate and you're you're heading yep. toward. And then that. once you, and then you can get off that coordinate. But it's okay if you get off the coordinate because once you realize you're off, you just reset yeah. your coordinates and get back on track again. And I think that's really a great. In other words, a lot of times people think of of doing it the right way is staying within these, you know, 10 feet of the center line on the, on the, exactly. the trail. And they have to stay there. They have there. to stay right there. Yeah. Yeah. And yet the truth is, is if you got your clarity of where you're headed and you've got your map and you've got all that, then you can make that 50 feet wide and, right. and, or, and so, or you can go over a half mile some direction and come back to the trail. Sure. It also, and I'm <clears throat> adding to that Ellis, that metaphor. Well, is your that, metaphor. It's what yeah, <laughs> Is that some people may come to that direction, come to that same point from a different direction. Sure. Sure. Right. But how do we put the, like you're just talking about, it's okay to veer off and it's okay to meet people where they're at on this journey. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think when people, they see you with the compass and they go, oh yeah, I can recognize that. I know where he is. He's a a Christian. And so then immediately you are cloaked with the garb of, well, this is your stance on this, 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 and this. How do we say, yeah, I, I, I do believe that. that I am grounded in this. You're not going to change my your, my mind. You're, I'm sure I'm not going to change your mind. But how do we open that door to be inviting to them to help them see that, you know what, just because this is what I believe, there's still room for me to be your friend. There's still room for me to love you. There's still room for me to take the journey, even though like he was using some of these things. Oh, my daughter went to bartending school and, you know, gosh, (laughs) you know, I've got an issue with going to graduation because of the, you know, what they've chosen to do. And, and, or my, you know, my son's working at the Vegas strip, you know, as a, uh, as an accountant, you know, for a, a gambling house. And, you know, that, I think that's the challenge because I don't think a lot of us as Christians really know how to make ourselves invitable and open and inviting just for people to come in and not feel the fear of, I'm probably going to get well, judged. If, if you have a friend who's a real, you know, just sort of eats, sleeps, and breathes for years, racquetball, Jeff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they're really good at, and they just, they really enjoy playing the game. And it's all, they really, if they get some time, they want to go play this sport or any sport, you could pick a sport. And they may be sort of like really into that. That doesn't mean that they, they, they put down their friend who's a golfer. Right. Uh, right. You can say, I like my, I like what I do. I like my belief system. I like my 
the way that I think truth has been put together in this great chain of of support from Scripture. But that doesn't mean I have to beat up on you because you don't have that same exact chain. Uh, I don't that we don't we don't see it exactly the same way out of eye. We can know that we're both wanting to develop and we want to grow. And it just it's really I thought one of the greatest things was the song after this after yeah. the message. Yeah. That if if God has removed our chains, okay, yeah. why in the world would we lay chains yeah, on somebody, somebody else? else? Yeah, because yeah. then it really means we probably haven't fully realized the gift that we've been given, right? right? So, and I, I kind of look at this, and we're running out of time quickly here, and you could go on Boy, forever. We can go this. On and on on this topic. This is a good topic because there's so many good ways, and I, I feel like that this is a way that if we do this wrong and we don't embrace this and we're not going to be redemptively flexible, then this is where we lose people. This is where we lose people from coming to us. This is where we lose people that are already here. And I think it's something that we have to be so intentional to be that flexible community. And I, I think we do a pretty good job here. I know it's something that we're all aware of here at, at the Florida Hospital Church. We didn't have a, a FHC takeaway this week, but if you've been on the losing end of redemptive flexibility, I mean, we all have at some point. You know, meaning that it wasn't extended to you. How has it affected your pers- you personally and your relationship with God? And would love to hear one of those stories. And uh, or on the on the flip side, if you've been able to extend it and you found a good way to engage people and put them off guard, uh, allowing them in, would love to hear that too. You can share those directly from the FHC mobile app, or you can text four zero seven nine six five one six zero seven or podcast at hospitalchurch.org. And as the final thoughts, Alex closings probably summed it up as good as it can be said. He said, the seat I've been given in my life is pure grace, and if I'm willing to give similar grace to anyone and everyone, no matter what they've done or what they're doing or what they'll do tomorrow, it changes everything for us. May we love like Jesus today. So probably not a bad way to just wrap that up and – this coming week, what's happening here? Little things matter. It's our mm. um, January, February, March. It's our third in our series of From the Heart. Oh, we're back to From and, the Heart. And so it's uh, Little Things Matter. Okay. Uh, we'll, and you? I'll be unpacking that. Hey, Andy, back to the back, un- back to the Back to the grind. <laughs> back to the salt mines. <laughs> All right. Well, so until this week, uh, be sure to tune in and watch for that. And then until next Wednesday in episode 44, this is Randy for Andy, Jeff, and Tom saying thanks for joining us, and we will see you then.